Hello and welcome to another I Heard Your View Movies podcast. Today we have a supersized podcast where we will review The Flash, starring Ezra Miller and Michael Keaton, The Little Mermaid, starring Halle Bailey and Melissa McCarthy and Javier Bardem, All Quiet on the Western Front, Peter Pan and Wendy, Scream 6, Evil Dead Rise, Murder Mystery 2, and Missing. So sit back, pop some popcorn, and enjoy the podcast. Please note on the last podcast, I had mentioned John Wick 4, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and The Fablemans. Those films will be featured on future podcasts. appreciate everybody's interest in the podcast and thank you for listening we are on all social media platforms we are currently on tiktok at i heard you review movies facebook at i heard you review movies instagram at i heard you review movies twitter at ihyrm that is our twitter handle And we also welcome donations to the podcast to keep the podcast going strong. All donations go toward technology to improve the sound clarity and the production of the podcast. We are currently accepting donations through PayPal, through our email address at IHeardYouReviewMovies703 at gmail.com. That's I heard you review movies 703 at gmail.com, and that is available at PayPal. We appreciate all donations, and thanks for listening. The first film kicking off the podcast is the highly anticipated The Flash, starring Ezra Miller, Michael Keaton, Sasha Cayley, and Michael Shannon, directed by Andres Muschietti. Worlds collide when The Flash uses his superpowers to travel back in time to change the events of the past. However, when his attempt to save his family inadvertently alters the future, he becomes trapped in a reality in which General Zod has returned, 
threatening annihilation. With no superheroes to turn to, the Flash looks to coax a very different Batman out of retirement and rescue an imprisoned Kryptonian, albeit not the one he's looking for. This is a much more simplistic timeline compared to some of Marvel's latest endeavors. Basically, Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, finds out he can run fast enough to time travel back in time. He is blindsided by his determination to bring his mother back and to clear his father's name. He consults with Bruce Wayne, and Bruce is strongly against him doing this warning him that any changes that he makes could alter the timeline and destroy humanity. Against Bruce's wishes, though, Barry decides to go back and change one thing that would prevent his mother's death. This movie, I believe, is the best DC movie that we have seen since Man of Steel. Michael Keaton absolutely terrific as bruce wayne batman 1989 he set the standard for all future batmans he is the goat of batmans in my opinion ezra miller has had his share of controversy the past few years in 2020 he was charged with choking a woman in iceland in 2022 he made a video directed at the kkk telling them to commit suicide a woman came forward accusing Miller of harassment, charged him with his disorderly conduct, harassment, second-degree assault, accused of grooming an underage boy, burglary, etc., etc. He had, I believe it was about 13 different incidents in the last four years. Ezra has claimed he has mental issues and he is seeking treatment. He's an actor that seems to have issues dealing with fame. Now, saying all that, Ezra Miller is really good in this film. The emotion and the pain that Barry Allen feels is there. There is a scene towards the end of the movie that puts a lump in your throat, and it's really powerful. His performances in The Flash were good, and has a, and he has the potential to be a great actor if he would stop the outside distractions. Uh, to me, Supergirl, played by Sasha Cayley, uh, didn't have enough development or screen time to really connect with the story or the audience. She did a good job, but I believe she did, wasn't developed enough to be a major impact in this movie. General Zod who was the main villain, was good, played by Michael Shannon, who is has very limited screen time in this film. Uh, this is what a summer blockbuster is meant to be. Action, suspense, comedy, drama. The one problem I had in the film were some of the special effects, which looked a little lawnmower man-esque to me and not quite finished. They could have focused a little more on that, even though the director now sa is saying that is uh, bend in the timeline or whatever it may be. I still think it looks like an unfinished film. I give The Flash three and a half out of four stars. It is out in theaters now. Is it the best DC film? No. Best in the last decade? Yes. And it is a very fun ride. Unfortunately, with the... Not quite great success of this film. It's hard to say if we're going to see anything further in the Flash universe or in the Michael Keaton Batman universe. Stay tuned.
seems different. I can't quite figure it out. She got legs, you idiot. Our next film on the podcast is Disney's The Little Mermaid, starring Halle Bailey, Melissa McCarthy, Aquafina, David Diggs, and Javier Bardem, directed by Rob Marshall. The youngest of King Triton's daughters, Ariel is a beautiful and spirited young mermaid with a thirst for adventure. Longing to find more about the world beyond the sea, Ariel visits the surface and falls for the dashing Prince Eric. Following her heart, she makes a deal with the evil sea witch, Ursula, to experience life on land. Another Disney live-action film that tries to be politically correct on certain situations of the film, because the original animated film was made in 1989... So I guess there were other there were liberties at the time that could be acceptable back then, but not so much right now. Uh, you know, for example, uh, we had changing the lyrics to "Poor Unfortunate Souls," where you know when Ursula says that she can use her body language, po- politically incorrect now. So they took that whole section out of the song and they corrected it. So. Um, and also Kiss the Girl uh, with Sebastian the Crab singing it, they put in a line for consent. So, you know, so there's political situations that were inserted to make it correct. I get that. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. Uh, Halle Bailey is good as Ariel, uh, but I felt there was more to explore about the character of Ariel uh, that was not given to us. Um, and even in the original animated film, Ariel's backstory is very shallow. And Disney had the opportunity in the live-action film, I thought, to give Ariel some substance to her. And really, the only thing that we know is she's a daughter of King Triton. That's it. So, a little bit less to, left to be desired there. Melissa McCarthy, though, spot-on perfect casting as Ursula the Sea Witch. It's the best acting in the entire film. She definitely tips a cap uh, to the voice actress uh, that did that played Ursula uh, in the original film. I'm sorry, my name, her name escapes me right now, but you can definitely tell there's a dedication and a tip of the cap to her and her performance. Really good performance. Um, Javier Bardem looks uncomfortable throughout the film as King Triton. Doesn't really look like a very, you know, authoritative figure. Let's just put it that way. Um, He looks very uncomfortable throughout the entire film. Uh, Scuttle, a little obnoxious. I think Aquafina took it a little too far with her interpretation of Scuttle. 
You know, it's no Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett was the original Scuttle in the animated film. But I just felt she kind of chewed the scenery a little bit and said, you know, almost like, look at me, look at me, look at me, and remember the film for me and not for all the rest of it. So I think she overstepped her bounds at times and was a little obnoxious. Uh, Sebastian, very mediocre, very uh, lukewarm performance for me, for him. Eric was really insignificant to me. I didn't really feel like he added much to the film at all. Uh, is it entertaining? Yeah, it's entertaining. I think kids will be bored with it, though. It's over two hours long. It's two hours and almost 15 minutes. And I could see the kids in the theater where we were at uh, being, getting very restless and uh, wondering when the movie was going to be over at parts because there were some slow parts in the film. Um, to me, Disney needs to kind of reevaluate when they're making these films. They're going to do Bambi next, apparently, uh, and The Sword and the Stone at some point. They need to establish a differential between the, the animated film and the live action. There should be some differences based on what you can do with a live action film versus what you can do with an animated film. So I give The Little Mermaid two and a half out of four stars. It is playing in theaters now. It will be on Disney Plus. Uh, rumor has it it might be as early as September on Disney Plus for streaming. And go check it out. Our next film is All Quiet on the Western Front, the BAFTA Best Picture and International Best Picture winner at the Oscars, directed by Edward Berger. War breaks out in Germany in 1914. Paul Balmer and his classmates quickly enlist in the army to serve their fatherland. No sooner are they drafted than the first images from the battlefield show them the reality of war. This film is made from the German military perspective. German recruits were brainwashed into thinking war on the Western Front was glamorous and would almost be fun. What they learn is the horrifying truth of what war can be. Some of the moments in this film that stand out to me. When you see them taking the clothes off of all the dead bodies and sending the articles of clothing to be laundered and reused. When the soldiers receive their uniforms with most belongings 
related to former dead soldiers, having their name tags on the uniforms themselves. There's one scene in particular where Paul Bomber gets his uniform and it has the name tag of a dead soldier on it. And he says, hey, this isn't mine. And they look at it and they're like, oh, must have been a mistake. And they rip the tag off and they hand him the clothes right back and say, here you go. War was anything but glamorous. World War I still had rifles with bayonets on the ends of them. Technology hadn't quite advanced enough yet. This film follows the story of one young German soldier, Paul Balmer, and his experiences on the Western Front, an area that saw three million soldiers die for protecting a few hundred meters of land. In World War I, 17 million lives were lost. Throughout the film, you see his experiences in going from recruitment to training to being thrust into the Western Front with little to no preparation. This film is not forgiving on showing the horrors of war and how violent it is and continues to be to this day. To me, this film was the best film of 2022. Not dismissing anything everywhere all at once, but for what the movie's message conveys, I think this movie is the best movie of 2022. War movies are tough to beat. The message is very clear. War is not glamorous. War is not the answer. Diplomacy should always be the first answer. And there are consequences to war as the Germans found out after World War I. They were visibly weakened, and it wasn't until the rise of Adolf Hitler that Germany got its power back to initiate World War II. I give All Quiet on the Western Front four out of four stars. It is available on Netflix and also available on Blu-ray and DVD now. Things to say the way they are. Can't stop time, Wendy. Whether you like it or not. Next film on the podcast is Peter Pan and Wendy, starring uh, Jude Law, Alexander Maloney, Ever Anderson, and Jim Gaffigan. 
It is directed by David Lowry. Based on J.M. Barry's novel, Peter and Wendy, inspired by the 1953 animated classic, Peter Pan and Wendy is a timeless tale of a young girl who, defying her parents' wishes, attends to attend a boarding school, travels with her two younger brothers to the magical Neverland. There she meets a boy who refuses to grow up, a tiny fairy and an evil pirate captain, and they soon find themselves on a thrilling and dangerous adventure far, far away from their family and the comforts of home. Peter Pan and Wendy is something that could have been, I believe, a really good film. Um, I felt that it was slower, a lot less visually appealing than the animated version. The animated version just had so much creativity and imagination. This one kind of misses the mark. And no offense to Jude Law. I love Jude Law. He's a great actor. I think he does a great job. I think he's miscasted in this film. Captain Hook is evil, but has kind of like a playful side, I guess is what I would say. And Jude Law just, to me, just didn't sell it for me. Uh, I just thought it could have been so much better, and I thought the Captain Hook performance especially was just not very good. Jim Gaffigan, again, I think he's a little miscasted as well. Um, You know, the movie, I think, is also an argument for leaving all old stories alone if we're not telling them to embrace their weirdness and wrongness. Otherwise, we kill a lot of the odd magic that's attracted to us in to begin with, it is, it's, it's enjoyable at times, but I think it's a little bit too long at an hour and 46 minutes. Uh, and I think if you're going to make something live action, and this is for all Disney remakes at this point, if you're going to make a live action remake of an animated movie, you need to make the the live action version its own. Don't make it word for word or frame by frame the same as the animated movie. You lose the audience when you do that. And I think Disney has much more creativity in them to make better live action movies than they're making currently. Pinocchio was a disaster. This one, not so great either. You know, Disney's missed the mark on a lot of their live action movies recently. And I, you know, I also think The Little Mermaid could have been better. You know, Scuttle being obnoxious Aquafina all the way through uh, was not what Little Mermaid was when I went and saw it in the theaters in 1989. But Disney's kind of got to get a little bit better at making these movies stand on their own, be very engaging and interesting. And right now I'm just not seeing it. So I give Peter Pan and Wendy one and a half out of four stars. It is on Disney plus now. You got a problem here guy? secret. There's a darkness inside of me. It followed me here. And it's going to keep coming for us. We share a certain history. This isn't like any other ghost face. What is this place? A shrine. 
We've got to lure him in. We execute him. Hello? Let's play a game. You know you're like the tenth guy to try this, right? It never works out for the dipshit in the mask. Maybe. But there's never been one like me, Gail. <laughs> something different that's why i'm gonna shoot you in the fucking head you want me so let's finish this Scream 6, starring Melissa Barrera, Jenna Ortega, and Courtney Cox, directed by Michael Bentinelli-Olpen and Tyler Gillette. In this next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a fresh chapter in New York City. When they see killings and strange occurrences happening, they suspect Ghostface may have some unfinished business. This movie is just a shade over two hours long, way too long for a slasher horror film if you want to call it that. The film had some interesting twists and turns along the way, but the formula is starting to get stale and predictable. Not even the stars in this film can save a very shallow storyline. The movie had a good introduction, but grinds to a halt 15 minutes in. The violence is a bit excessive in this film. Ghostface is meant to be more of a psychological terror with the classic knife stabbing into his victims. This film has a lot of blood and stab, stab, stab by Ghostface. They have departed from what the original film intended Ghostface to be. The next film is going to further the decline of this once great franchise very much like the Fast and Furious series. I give Scream 6 1 out of 4 stars, and it is streaming on Paramount Plus and is on Blu-ray and DVD now. What's up, sis? It was the perfect day, and all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies so that we could stay one happy family. When I was just a little girl, I asked my mother, What is this, Danny? I found it. What will I be? What she said to me. Not now. You don't look so good, Mom. Nothing a big old kiss from you won't fix.
Tony's with the maggots now. Evil Dead Rise, the highly anticipated next chapter of the Evil Dead series, stars Mirabai Pease, Alyssa Sutherland, Anne Marie Thomas, and is directed by Lee Cronin. A twisted tale of two estranged sisters whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh possessing demons, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. This takes the Evil Dead story out of the woods and into the city. An earthquake causes an apartment building to open up a sealed vault from a bank that previously was built on the land. When a teenage boy finds a book and audio tapes that looks very different from any other, he has seen he begins exploring its contents within. This awakens the curse from the Evil Dead, that unleashes on the building attempting to destroy the occupants within one by one. Now that the evil is unleashed, they must find a way to close the door and leave it shut. Now when I said tapes, I meant vinyl records, even even more of a throwback. Um, definitely one of the most violent horror films I've ever seen. Appropriate for the Evil Dead series. Background of how the book came to be was good but could have used an explanation as to how it was created. I give Evil Dead Rise three out of four stars. It is in theaters and streaming now. Do you remember what happened last time we were in a getaway? Yeah, some people died. Not a lot, a lot of people. You'd think five people dying's a lot. Okay. Have you ever seen anything like this? A gift box. Earrings? My phone. Those are going to get you in trouble. You promise? Oh. How handsome are you, man? I only have eyes for you. Oh. And now it's time The Maharaja. This is a distraction from, what? from the escape. The Maharaja's been kidnapped. And all of you are suspects. We're not going to be invited anywhere ever again. The real detectives have arrived. Wow. Must be the Spitzes. Yes. Yeah. Your reputations precede you. There you go. Not in a positive way, I'm afraid. Okay. Okay. Deliver $50 million to the Arc de Triomphe in Paris when the Maharaja dies. Well, he always wanted to go to Paris. Give us the money. All right, you got it. The next film we're going to be reviewing on the podcast is Murder Mystery 2, starring Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Nick and Audrey Spitz are now full-time private detectives. They attend the wedding of their friend Vikram, the Maharaj Govnadan, I guess, on his private island. At the wedding, Vic is kidnapped and the couple is tasked with delivering a ransom of $70 million in exchange for Vic. However, they realize they are being framed for an abduction 
and with the help of Inspector Laurent de la Croix, they traced the culprits to a countryside chateau. This is a sequel that has every predictable storyline. It is mediocre. Murder Mystery 2 could have been much better. Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston could not save the sinking ship. Most likely, a third is on the way, but there needs to be more of a connection to the characters, and frankly, this film, I could care less about either of them. I give Murder Mystery 2 two and a half stars. It is currently streaming on Netflix now. I think it is a complete waste of time and a missed opportunity. Siri, call June. Mom, this is FaceTime. Oh, gosh. I need you to write a couple of things down. The car keys. I just said write it down. You're not writing it down. Kevin and I are headed to LAX, and we need you to pick us up on Monday. Keep your location on the entire time I'm away. No fun. Got it. Hi, this is Grace Allen. Please leave a message. Mom? Where are you guys? My mom never came home from her trip. I don't know where she is. I'm calling about a guest you had. Um, does anyone speak English? Uh, I'm sorry. This is a nice part. Please, I need your help. The FBI doesn't have jurisdiction to investigate in Colombia. So is there anything I can do? The best thing you can do to help us is just wait by your phone. Hey, hi, Mommy. Hi, Junebug. I'm not giving up on my mom. There's got to be a way to find her. Miss Kuchas. I need you to go to this hotel and ask for their security footage. The cleaning senora says she sees two American tourists at the hardware store. What did he buy? Just this. You think he did something to her? You're going through Kevin's email? You need to let the police handle this. I try, but we're running out of time. Who are these people? This woman calls him Darren. You weren't going to tell me my mom was dating a felon? You need to trust me on this. Shocking new footage has leaked online. No, no I have some questions regarding something we're looking into. Has your mom ever gone by any other names? What? The strangest case I've ever seen. There may be more than meets the eye. There are some legit questions. Hey, Junebug. There's actually a lot I want to talk with you about. Oh, my God. Someone's here. Missing, starring Nia Long. Storm Reed, Tim Griffin, directed by Nicholas Johnson and Will Merrick. From the minds behind Searching Comes Missing, a thrilling roller coaster mystery that makes you wonder how well you know those closest to you. When her mother, played by Nia Long, or Nia Long, however you want to say it, disappears while on vacation in Columbia with her new boyfriend, June's search for answers is hindered by international red tape. Stuck thousands of miles away in Los Angeles, June creatively uses all of the latest technology at her fingertips to try to find her mother before it is too late. But as she digs deeper, her digital sleuthing raises more questions than answers. And when June unravels secrets about her mother, she discovers she never really knew her at all. A very clever film that is a very good thriller that keeps you guessing until the very end. Full of twists and turns, utilizing iPhone, WhatsApp, and other various technologies, Missing takes things further and shows us the power of the internet and social media. I can see more films of this genre emerging. It's pretty cost-effective, and the technology has evolved where you can make a film on your phone. The length was good, just under two hours. I thought it was a very good film. I give Missing 3 out of 4 stars. It is streaming on Netflix. It is out at Redbox and available on Blu-ray and DVD now. So we are looking at the upcoming movie calendar for 
the rest of July and into August. And we're going to go over that a little bit in this segment here on the I Heard Your Review Movies podcast. This week we had Insidious The Red Door and Joyride were the two major releases that came out uh, this week. Also, The YouTube Effect, which is a new documentary from Alex Winters. Uh, he is best known for Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey and uh, Face the Music, so the Bill and Ted trilogy. Uh, but he is also a very gifted uh, documentarian, and he has a new docu- documentary out this week. Uh, this coming week on July 12th, which I believe is Wednesday, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. We will have that pre uh, review on the next podcast, uh, starring Tom Cruise, of course. I believe this is the seventh Mission Impossible movie. Uh, very successful franchise for him, very successful franchise in general, uh, continues to make great movies. And then coming out on Friday, the major release is Theater Camp. Uh, and then next week we have the, well, probably the most highly anticipated movie of the year, in my opinion, uh, so is Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, uh, Christopher Nolan's three-hour epic. I will be going to see that on July 20th in IMAX over at the Udvar-Hazy IMAX in Chantilly, Virginia. Then the other main release on the 21st is Barbie, starring Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling. And then after that, it kind of dies down a little bit until July 28th. We have Haunted Mansion, the highly anticipated Disney film. And then Sympathy for the Devil, a thriller, coming out on July 28th. In August, you know, it's not as robust as it usually is. Uh, August 2nd, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, just make sure I got the title right here. Mutant Mayhem. And that's the one that Seth Rogen has been working on, uh, along with Nickelodeon, I believe, uh, and Paramount Pictures. And then on August 4th, we have Meg 2, The Trench, the sequel no one asked for, starring Jason Statham. (laughs) Uh, We have a Sony Picture Classic shortcomings in wide release. And then... There's a universal event that has not been announced yet. Uh, And then for anything else that's going on, Gran Turismo, August 11th, along with The Last Voyage of the Demeter, or Demeter, I don't know. Uh, And then Old Boy, August 16th, that's a re-release. Blue Beetle, strays and back on the strip on august 18th white bird and the hill on august 25th again these were movies i just have not heard of uh and then we'll go into september we'll just go over a few things in september the equalizer 3 that concludes the equalizer trilogy uh september 8th the nun 2 aristotle and dante uh, let's see. Discover the secrets of the universe. Apparently that's a big movie people were talking about. Uh, my big fat Greek wedding three, again, a sequel. Nobody asked for <laughs> and poor things. Uh, and then after that, there really isn't an, uh, expendables for September 22nd. Uh, and then Paw Patrol, the movie, the mighty movie on September 23rd. The Creator on September 29th. And then we get into a little bit later on. In October, we've got Killers of the Flower Moon coming out. Five Nights at Freddy's. Saw 10. Dune Part 2 is in November. The Marvels, November 10th. Hunger Games prequel is out November 17th. And Napoleon, the uh, Ridley Scott film with Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon on November 22nd and then you have other films coming out Wonka December 15th 
Ghostbusters Afterlife 2 is what it's called right now, but I'm sure it'll have a name December 20th. And with Facing Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on the same weekend. Then we have the musical The Color Purple coming out Christmas Day. And there's other movies coming out. There's there's a lot that's not scheduled right now. And part of that is the writer's strike that's going on in Hollywood. A lot of it has really um, caused chaos with the scheduling. Uh, and with some of these movies being delayed because of the writer's strike, that is kind of disheveling the uh, movie schedule right now. But um, a lot of great movies coming up. Stay tuned. We thank you for listening to the I Heard Your Review Movies podcast for this week. On the next podcast, we have the highly anticipated film Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny starring Harrison Ford. We have Wes Anderson's latest epic, Asteroid City, starring Jason Schwartzman, Tom Hanks, Scarlett Johansson, Jeffrey Wright, and many, many others. And we also will have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, starring Tom Cruise. And we will have the most anticipated movie of the year, Oppenheimer, starring Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, and many, many others. So we hope you will join us for that podcast. That'll be in a couple of weeks. We want to make sure we get the Oppenheimer review in as well. Uh, We are going to be seeing it in IMAX, which is the format that Christopher Nolan shot the entire film in. So if you can see it in IMAX, go see Oppenheimer in IMAX. There is going to be most likely a disclaimer at the beginning of the film just because of what it's all about. It's about you know the atomic bomb and its devastation on the world and a lot of people that have seen the movie are deeply moved by it and very uh, emotionally distraught by it so uh, i'm sure there'll be some type of disclaimer or something that will be explained prior to the movie starting uh we'll see we'll see what happens there but uh But lots of great movies ahead this summer. Uh, We're going to continue to review them as they come out. Uh, We will also review uh, Super Mario Brothers uh, here in August when it premieres on Peacock. Unfortunately, I got to miss that because I have a six-month-old at home. But uh, we will catch up on that and a few other movies that we've seen. And if you have any movies uh, for us to review, please drop us a line on our social media pages. We would love to hear from you. If you want to be a guest reviewer, we're always looking for guest reviewers as well. So please drop us a line on that as well. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your week. And we will be seeing you at the movies.